the season group. Carl, thank you so much for joining me and thanks for taking part in the What's the Scoop 2022 trends. Thank you for having me, Phil. Always a pleasure. You're very welcome. Um, what I wanted to explore was kind of dig deep into these things. We had, I guess, about 30 responses to that piece. Um, and there were some consistencies and there were some inconsistencies, which is interesting. Um, one of the consistencies is everybody's concerned about supply chain. That's no, no surprise to anybody. Uh, you you kind of open with a really strong, really strong position. For 2022, I foresee supp a supply chain crunch persisting and potentially worsening. Um, you know, there's a mixture of realism, pessimism and optimism. Why, um, why do you see it that way? And, and how do you see it shifting? Yeah, I think the trend in 2021, uh, if you look at a lot of the EMS performances, uh, a lot of companies have been able to deliver goods um, to the OEM customers for sure. But a lot of it is based on the fact that just spend the premium by yeah. part-time spot buy. And what we've seen so far is you're still able to do it, but it's a lot harder and the mm. prices have increased. So generally what that means is a last year, a lot of people were selling old age, old inventory, uh, excess and obsolete inventory. So you can still get by, uh, but now the availability of those parts are less and less. And so when that happens, probably it's going to have a, it's going to be a lot tougher to fill in the last uh, fear to build uh, kits than it was before. Uh, any sort of money right now uh, might not solve the issue. Like we've got several two cent parts selling for 200 US dollars. Um, so it's the, the pricing has gone quite astronomical right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like they're ransom parts, aren't they? Because you know, without that one single part, you can't ship a car or you can't deliver something quite substantial. Um, I kind of look at the supply chain issues in two different areas. One is the component side of it. And the other is the logistics and freight side of it. It's like we've got this perfect storm of two major problems occurring at the same time. And when I've spoken to people on the component distribution side, there's a strong feeling that it'll take time, but the component supply and demand will balance and, you know, and, and continue to, to cycle in the way it does. But some people think the freight market is completely broken and is going to struggle to recover. How, how do you see that? I, with the logistics and freight side of things, I do think that it will rebound, uh, return back to normal. Uh, for, from my perspective, right now, COVID is a massive killer uh, yeah. in the basics of uh, operation. I, I mean, Hong Kong is a critical hub in all of Asia. Um, but right now, many freight companies are refusing to go through Hong Kong. FedEx yeah. decided to shut down their Asia headquarters, which was in Hong Kong previously. Uh, it was supposed to be a temporary shutdown. Now it's permanent. Uh, because of the quarantine requirements that we have on incoming uh, freight companies, air, air, uh, airplanes, and also the boat um, companies as well, too. So I think with, as long as there is quarantine requirements, it's going to add complexity to the entire supply chain. But once that's mm -hmm. removed, uh, I, I know a lot of companies had a lot of back-ordered airplanes. Um, so mm -hmm. from an airplane standpoint, the, the cost of freight should be returned back to normal. Uh, with sea shipments as well too, I think that will ease up as well. Uh, right now, we're seeing 
uh, logistics time of six to eight weeks from Hong Kong to California. Um, but mm. in general cases, it should be four or so. A lot of yeah. times it's, it's bottled up in the ports where they don't have enough people to yeah. uh, unload. So I think that portion will uh, ease up once COVID's gone. But whilst mm -hmm. there is COVID, everything is unpredictable. Uh, yeah. Right now, you'll see restrictions from town to town to town because of yeah. COVID, especially yeah. in China, where if a town has uh, one case of COVID, it's locked down. Yeah, uh, nothing, uh, nothing out. Just can send things in. So in that case, a, lo a lot of uh, a lot of factories will be affected. Right now, it's in Dongguan, uh, in Zhejiang, uh, another very strong manufacturing foothold in China. That whole province is under monitoring right now too. So as long as there is COVID, there, there will be logistics nightmare uh, coupled with supply chain side things. Yeah, yeah, and it's a bit, it's a big pressure, isn't it? And the pressure builds on the EMS companies, and they seem to have to bear the brunt of this pressure. And if it's if it's not stressing the relationships with your customers and stressing the relationship with your suppliers, it's financial risk. And you've kind of highlighted that as something that EMS companies really have to be aware of going into twenty twenty two. Is that affecting? You know, obviously, it's affecting companies that have less cash reserve more than it's affecting those that, that do have strong cash reserves but is it affecting large and small companies differently how do you see that impacting the kind of dynamic in the industry at the moment well i think from a it, it's not a matter of size itself only i think it's a matter of leverage hmm. uh i i would be particularly concerned with those companies that are highly leveraged right now uh, because currently uh, i think all ems companies have a high High inventory number, uh, much yeah. higher than um, because there are they are short one or two components. Um, so that's one side of things. Another side of things is uh, gone are the days of JIT. I think all of the OEMs right now they're asking their EMS companies let's stock up, build more buffer, yeah. hold more inventory. Um, but what is the right amount? I think that is key. Um, yeah. So everyone's holding more inventory, which is okay right now because interest rates are low. So those who are leveraged, they're able to survive because I'll just borrow more money. Hmm. Uh, but once, and this will need to happen, interest rates rise. How are you going to justify paying three, four, five, six, seven percent when yeah. as an EMS company, you're making what, two, three percent? Um, yeah. So at that stage, uh, there will be a situation where a lot of companies who are leveraged, who are sitting on a lot of inventory, will um, will have issues. And when that happens, I think there'll be a much bigger unraveling of the, um, of the supply chain market as well, too. Yeah. Do you think that'll affect the consolidation that we're seeing in the industry? We're, you know, we're awash with M&A activity at the moment. There's private equity coming into the industry more and more, and they're seeing that there clearly is potential for growth in the EMS industry, which obviously there is. They're seeing order book swelling, but we know part of that order book swelling is because people are just buying forward. Um, do you think as a result of the cash pressure on, on some, com some companies and less on others that we're going to see more M&A activity? There will be more M&A activity, but it's more from a, a rescue side of things. It's turnaround yeah. side of things. And would yeah. that necessarily be a private equity acquisition or would it be a uh, EMS buying on an EMS? I would yeah. reckon it's more uh, more strategic EMS companies buying out yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah and being opportunist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there are some specialist companies that that do that kind of thing, aren't they? Those kind of carve out companies yeah. and so forth. Okay, the last topic I wanted to tackle was the last point on your um, on your predictions, and it's something that I haven't heard enough people talking about. We're just about to head into the most disruptive supply chain period of the year, and we're already heavily disrupted. It just it just feels like we're getting hit by one wave after the, after the next, but. We've got Christmas coming up. We've got the the um, Chinese Lunar New Year. What should companies be doing or what should have companies done? And is it too late to get their ducks in a row for Chinese New Year? Yeah, uh, Chinese New Year is a very, very big issue this year um, because it's not just Chinese New Year. So you, you've got Chinese New Year's plus Omicron COVID plus yeah. Beijing Olympics all okay. at the same time. Um, so all that combined, is there anything you can do right now? Order. Uh, if there's a spot buy, buy it now. If there's a, uh, if there is a container that you need to uh, buy or a lesser container load, put it on the boat, get it out. Uh, because there will be restrictions in the entire supply chain side of things. Um, most provinces around China, they've already started taking breaks. Uh, factories have been told to stop producing near, sorry, near Beijing, I meant. Um, because of COVID, uh, because of the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, the pollutant companies essentially uh, they can't produce right now um, yeah. because they need to make sure that the environment is um, up to standard. Yeah. Um, so they're not operating uh, from now until Chinese New Year's. So in that case, uh, all that area is um, not running. So you really can't expect much deliveries from that side of the the, the region. Um, but then you've got the COVID situation, which, which kind of helps uh, with the New Year's as well, too, because with COVID, the government doesn't want it to be spread. Um, so what's happening is they're asking companies to, to encourage uh, workers to stay behind. Um, so there will be more people staying in the factories during yeah. Chinese year as well, too. But this is, this is already the, I'm trying to count, the second year or the third year of COVID? Uh, I think it's the second Chinese. Well, second, it'll be the third COVID Chinese New Year. We were we yeah. were pretty much into it in in yes. um, in twenty. Yeah, so it'll be our third year living with COVID Chinese New Year, um, and so many people haven't gone home. They weren't yeah. they didn't go home last year. If you ask them not to go home again this year, it it's is tough, hard. right? Mm-hmm. Our our workers in China are migrant workers. They see their family once a year only. Um, and if they don't see them now, they don't really have another chance. So in, in that case, many of them will still say they'll go off and they go home. Yeah. They don't care about any sort of incentives or not. And so um, it, it is a concern um, yeah. for sure, um, because right now the, the workforce has changed quite a, a lot uh, in the past three years. Previously, people were all searching for long-term roles, right? They yeah. want to find a job that consistently pays high uh, with increases, uh, but with the same company. That is the ideal. They'll jump around if there's a 5-10% difference. But right now, no one wants a long-term job. They all want flexibility. They yeah. all want to give the ability to resign on the, on the day. Um, so they're all signing temporary contracts right now. Quality is a massive concern uh, with, when you have so many temporary workers. So you, we're seeing a lot of companies in China investing in automation, investing in the industry 4.0 because they want to ensure the quality of products and to yeah. have less effect, have labor as a less of effect. 
Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, Carl, you've hit the the other big shortage of 2022 on the head. You know, I think it's a year of shortages, but I think it's a talent shortage is going to be just as big as component shortages we get further through the year. In the US, Canada, we're seeing huge numbers of resignations from people that are just burnt out by the whole process. We're seeing companies poach other companies' staff, paying them 10, 15, 20% more to do you know, to do the same job, but we've got risk of inflation as a result of that. So we're in for a year of more and more, more disruption. Is it because of the salary increase that there's inflation or is it because of the supply chain issue that there's inflation? So the oh. fact that the wage is going up, it matches, right? Because I feel yeah. bad for a lot, a lot of the people where our prices are going up. So our customer prices need to go up. And then, so obviously the, the, the workers' prices, the salaries need to go up. Uh, yeah. So, but well, that's the, the yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, that's, that's the nature of the economy and the nature of inflation, isn't it? They're all going to impact the, um, each other. So that's going to be another interesting interesting challenge as we get into, into 2022. Um, let's end on a positive note. You know, it's been, it's been a good year for Season Group. It's, um, you know, you've pushed through, you've been successful, you thrived through, the, uh, through these challenging times. You're looking forward to doing the same in 2022. Definitely, I think uh, 2022 is going to be a, another challenging year. Uh, I think from from our colleague standpoint, they've done a great job of not reacting but being proactive. Uh, yeah. We're encouraging that as well to reaching out to customers, talking to them more. I think mm-hmm. um, one of the things with COVID, we've all relied too much on more and more on emails. Yeah. Uh, even though like, it's more about pick up the phone, doing more of what we're yeah. doing now, yeah. talking to talking to our customers. To opening the, the video conference feature and not hiding behind the camera yeah. uh, because we missed that. We haven't had any customers visit many of our factories. And when, when, when you don't have that physicality, it becomes a transactional relationship. Uh, yeah. And that's something that we're trying to push beyond. Uh, yeah. We need to have it into a trust-based relationship more and more. And you can yeah. only do that face-to-face. So we're yeah. looking forward yeah. to being customers more. Yeah. Yeah, and being more collaborative and kind of, you know, working together. That's the only way you get through these kind of crises. Carl, thanks for talking to me. Thanks for contributing again. And all the best for the the new year. Happy holidays.